When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Friday, July 28th, and we are here sweating it out in New York City. Oh my gosh, it's hot. And uh, also thought it might be worthwhile for me to pop in and just give you a little bit of an update on some economic uh, trends and data and news that has been recently issued because this week, as expected, the Federal Reserve raised short-term lending rates. That was uh, widely expected, a quarter of a percentage point. The new range is five and a quarter to five and a half percent. That's a 22-year high, ladies and gentlemen, all the way back to 2001 when uh, we were just watching the tech sector meltdown. The Federal Reserve is obviously really freaked out about inflation still. The uh, statement said they are, quote, highly attentive to inflation risks. Thanks for telling us that. We kind of thought that was your job. So thanks. The next meeting is September 19th and 20th. And I'm guessing that for most of you, you know the deal. And that is interest rates are going to stay high. I don't know if the Fed's going to raise one more time before the end of the year. Maybe. We'll see. I'm kind of doubtful, but okay. But five and a quarter to five and a half is probably what we're going to see for the entire rest of the year. That is, unless something horrible happens, and I don't want something horrible to happen. So that is the decision. That's what the Fed has said. We don't get another set of economic projections until that September meeting, so we'll have to wait for that. But by the way, the Fed projections have been all off, so so be it. Speaking of off, we got another report that showed the U.S. economy just continues to defy expectations. So the estimates for second quarter GDP, gross domestic product, were probably at, you know, one and a half, 1.8%. That was after first quarter annualized growth of 2%. The number came in yesterday. It was 2.4%. It was actually really good. It was a much stronger than expected number. And I think this just continues to lay credence to the fact that the post-pandemic world is an odd one because we can't quite figure out why the economy is doing as well as it is doing. So in the first half of the year, 2% first quarter, 2.4% in the second quarter on an annualized pace, we are seeing an economy that's growing pretty darn well. I mean, suggesting, I guess, that higher interest rates have had very little impact overall. So this is going to be a tough period for the Fed also. Um, Yes, consumer growth did slow some, 
And yes, residential investment, that's sort of the housing part of it, contracted some. But everything else being equal, I don't know, there was an acceleration in second quarter GDP. And uh, I think it's pretty clear that the economy is probably going to be slowing down in the second half of the year. But it's tough to make these predictions simply because the economy has just been wacky since the pandemic. So how about that? Wacky being the real the real description here. So that's the basic economic update of the week. Meanwhile, your update, here's something to consider. Uh, the stock market is doing really well this year. We haven't been talking about that too much, but last year when everybody was ready to throw in the towel and say that we were going to go into a horrible bear market, last year was a terrible year for investors. This year, pretty good year. And, you know, think about it as tech led us down as we went into the bear market and tech is leading us back up. And a lot of optimism, obviously, about big companies like Microsoft and NVIDIA, uh, Google, all these mega cap tech firms that investors say are going to benefit from all the transformation of artificial intelligence. But this is spread to the wider market. And right now, the S&P 500 is about 5% away from its all-time high. Here we have another lesson in the idea that you should just stick to a diversified portfolio. Don't try to pick the highs and the lows. Don't freak out when the bottom is falling out. Don't get too excited on the way up, and you'll probably be fine. That's all it takes, just sticking to your game plan. Do you not have a game plan? Well, we would love to help you develop one. All you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com and click the Contact Us button. Let us know if you want to come on the air. We'll talk about a game plan for you. And even if it is not something you're 100% sure about, you don't know exactly what your priorities are, let's talk it through. Let's get through this together. Again, we're here for you. Mark and I are both certified financial planners, and we'd love to help you out. While you're on the website, don't forget you can sign up for the free weekly newsletter. It comes out every Friday today. And you can also buy my book, The Great Money Reset. If you're seeking to make some big changes in your life, this is the book you need. You can also subscribe to our new service called Jill on Money Live. That provides you access to quarterly live webinars and lots of cool bonus content. All right, uh, let's do a couple of emails. I know I've been yakking a little bit. So this question is from Anonymous, who said that uh, we had answered a question of hers last year when she was starting a new job. And she says, right now, I have retirement accounts in two separate places. Fidelity, the old account, which totals $78,000. of a rollover IRA, $16,000 of a Roth IRA, $15,000 of a SEP IRA. Then I also have TIAA, new account through my current employer. Total is just about $4,000. Right now, I'm contributing 5% with my employer match at TIAA, not contributing anything into Fidelity. Although I am going to try to start putting money into my Roth again when I have more income. Does it make sense to keep both of these or should I roll over my Fidelity accounts to TIAA? Would the money go further if it was all together? Similarly, if I keep my Fidelity plan, should I roll any of the accounts into one another? Is it okay for them to be invested separately of one another? All right. Um, Oh, and then separately, I'm wondering if you have advice about managed accounts. One of the accounts through Fidelity is managed. I'm under the impression I may be wasting my money with fees. In case other stuff matters for context, 
My spouse and I make a total of $180,000 a year. We've got a young child. We've done our end of life planning. We've got a mortgage on a house. We'll be done paying off our student loans in about four years. So it looks like the cash flow is a little tight right now, but it's going to improve over the next few years. Okay, so first of all, anonymous. You cannot necessarily combine everything you have. If you have a traditional TIAA account, you could potentially take the rollover money, the rollover IRA that is at Fidelity and roll it into the TIAA traditional. If you have a traditional and a Roth, you may be able to roll the rollover IRA into the traditional, the Roth into the Roth. The SEP IRA is a little bit different. The SEP IRA is open, I think, because you may have had self-employment income and or someone else did. Uh, If you're not going to be using a SEP, you might want to just close that out and move it into the rollover and make it a done deal and done with your SEP. But if you plan to have any self-employment income, you may want to keep that open. It doesn't really matter whether you choose either Fidelity or TIAA. They're both really good. I'd probably at this point just consolidate into TIAA. And I don't think you probably need a managed account with this level of money that you have invested. So I try to keep it as simple as you possibly can. Okay, this is from Andy, who's retired, and he's been retired for a number of years. He's been taking his required minimum distributions from his 401k. He said, I first started with selling stocks as needed. Now I've sold them all, and I'm drawing from the mutual funds. I have only one fund with investments of over $400,000. It's a type of, it's a fund family, growth, dividend, and bond funds. I started to take the RMD from the bond fund only as the other two funds give me more opportunity for growth. Question, should I be taking amounts equally from these three funds? This year, the amount will total $27,600. I'll be 80 in November. Here's how I think about these uh, retirement distributions. I like to take them so that you maintain your asset allocation. So I would take it probably equally. Um, I don't think that you need to, because if you drain just the bond fund and then the stock market dives, then next year, those RMDs are going to be really painful. But, you know, I generally like making sure that you have that amount of money for your RMD in cash because you know you're going to need it. So let's go with that. Okay, let us move on. This is a great question. Um, It's a good problem to have. This is from Fred who says that he's got 5,000 shares of Apple stock. And he says it represents a large percentage of their retirement. I haven't looked at Apple's price lately, but I assume it's massive. So let me just check that out. So it's a, oh my gosh, as I'm looking at it today, $195 stock. It's right near its 52-week high. And guys got a ton of money in Apple stock. So here's my theory on having an individual stock, especially if you say it's a large part of your retirement. I think that in general, it's hard to dispute that you have been so fortunate in owning this company. The stock has done incredibly well, but I am always nervous when people have more than 10% of their overall invested assets in one company. So I don't know if this is held in a retirement fund because you said it's a large piece of your retirement package. So if it's inside of a retirement account, I would probably take the opportunity to sell and diversify. And at the very most, I don't know if I could like actually manage holding even more than 15%. But if this is a larger share than 10 or 15%, 
I just think you have to, you owe it to yourself. You really do to make sure that you lock in this incredible performance and stop rolling the dice. You're doing an incredible, incredible job. All right. Uh, I think that's all I got time for today because it's a hot day. And uh, if I go further, I get into much deeper, deeper questions and uh, lots more answers. So I thank everybody for listening. And if you have a question, you go to the website, jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air live. And don't forget, there's all sorts of great free content on the website. You can check it out. There's the blog. There are links to my TV hits. There's a resources section, all there. And of course, the free weekly newsletter. Friday means a little business. So I love to tell you that our music is composed by the award-winning Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is the executive producer and the web king. We are distributed by Cadence 13. We would so appreciate it if you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to this. Try to lift someone up, change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.